Welcome back, everybody. This is part two. This is going to be actually part two of a random podcast and part two of the interpretation, whose interpretation is right podcast that we did. I told everybody that I would do a part two on it if I um, if people had enough questions, you know, if I didn't answer well enough. And um, I, had, I had one of you um, leave a comment on there that was absolutely perfect. Um, it cleared up a lot of things, um, you know, for me to be able to try to maybe give my opinion and and help you a little bit here on this podcast got a little bit more focused now that i know more so of the idea um so we'll go ahead and get to a couple issues on that here in a minute but heidi and i were just talking and we're like we're talking about this whole kanye thing um and if y'all don't know um apparently and i mean the evidence is looking good like i'm i'm your most skeptical person that you know when it comes will, to celebrity when saying celebrities saying that they're christians and, stuff, and yeah. this type of stuff you know i'm definitely your type that's gonna look down a little bit and go mm-hmm, sure mm-hmm. um but man uh, when the evidence is there in public it's I, I can't you know you're giving me all the right things biblically that i look for signaling it looks like you're you know you're talking about repentance you're talking about um, you know, the sin that's in the world and in people's lives and, and mm-hmm. cleaning this out and the types of stuff. So I don't know. I thought we, Heidi and I were just talking about it before. Um, well, apparently now he's posted, become a convert. Um, yeah. he, he's calling himself a con, a Christianity convert, which Kanye's always kind of had this, um, you know, this Christianity, you know, this Christ element to him ever since he started. Mm-hmm. It was something that was just kind of, weird about it but then he also had horrible terrible music um <laughs> that you know did degrades women and does all the horrible things that your mom told you about the music you listen to yeah um so that you know that he just and then everybody knows he kind of went off on his little you know he, he's always gone off on his little crazy you know trails but uh I don't know, man. Apparently, with <clears throat> this, and when he first started the Sunday service thing, with it was just oh, all gosh. music. We had, we had a podcast about yeah. that. Yeah, we just like you've lost I'm your like, mind. You, are you kidding me right now? But then he started getting some flack for it just being music, and he didn't want it music. You know, just music anymore. He started adding preachers to it. Yeah, but he started at, like adding these preachers that were saying good things. <laughs> you know, they were like, saying like the right things, and they were you know you're talking about things like repentance and forgiveness and and people are just like what is happening right now so um i guess you know like i said i was really skeptical with with all that when that started to switch and i was like well i'm not going to be mr legalistic judgmental christian here and act like christ can't save anybody yeah and and do mighty works in anybody's life especially when i start seeing actual i mean it looks like fruit I mean, we, we as Christians have to be careful. I think there is, there's a huge element here that we have to be careful and not just go ahead and buy into everything because that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. And that's what ultimately the heart of this issue is still that he's still very, very involved in the world. This could be, yes, this could be Christ, you know, God using him on his platform because he's got, a, I mean, a bigger platform than anybody, else, you know, even in small, you know, or in big Christian circles, for instance. I've watched little clips, and I think some of them I just kind of rolled my eyes at, but have you watched, like, is there, I don't know if it exists, so it's totally ignorant of me, but are there, like, videos of the whole Sunday service from, like, start to yeah, finish? Yeah, yeah, you can find the whole things. Okay. Have you watched any of them? i watched, like... W- Okay. I thought so, this was all just like one of those joke things that was happening, and now things seem to be like I, more serious. I'm well, like, oh, I thought maybe we should. What I thought is, I thought it was more of a marketing thing at first. Yeah. I thought that just <clears throat> this or like is an more... MK Ultra breakdown, and his brain was going nuts again, or something. There it comes. I'm just saying. I'm gonna have one that comes and lowers up down from the roof and <laughs> just sits just right saying. on top of you. <laughs> tinfoil hat. A tinfoil hat. Just saying. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it but now things are looking more legit. You know, we, and it's before like, oh, we got what? crazy, we would have called that a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I, I, th- 
Because when we did this with Travis and Lex, we were like Sunday service with the Kardashians. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And we rolled our eyes. Sure. But now seeing this footage of like him and Kim arguing. Yeah, you just were. That's I was what just we watching that. Yeah, just watching that about he was he was um, criticizing Kim, her, for criticizing what she's her about yeah, to for, the Met Gala. Uh, yeah, saying which hey, the Met Gala is a whole satanic like well celebration. That's, anyway, that's kind of the so point too. Is just this like yeah, that's that's where. I, I'm not judgmental because I'm definitely open and I'm definitely I I just said at the beginning I'm like I'm I'm surprised and I shut my own mouth when I, I'm watching because I think that it looks genuine. Well, did you see but Brad Pitt time, was at the one and now Brad Pitt came out and said that he's no longer an atheist that he mm-hmm. is. I mean, pray for these people seriously. If yeah. anything, pray for them, and we should be praying for them because if this is true, they've got a very large platform to be able to. Well, I think the funny part, while you're distracted by your phone that's not silent, is when all this seemed like it was kind of heating up more, because we follow a few accounts that, you know, had just kind of been sharing more about it. And like I said, at first, when we first saw it, we just kind of rolled our eyes and chuckled. We're like, oh, yeah, like Justin Bieber claims to be a Christian and him and his wife. And it's like, you're not bearing any spiritual fruit. You look at the leaders they are under and everything else. And it's a joke absolute joke but then it was like watching some of the stuff with kanye at first we rolled our eyes but then you see a few things i'm not saying everything Mm -hmm. but we've seen a few things that have made me like maybe we should pay attention to a little bit of this like not that we're like totally getting invested and sold on it but like wow always pray for them that they're i mean anybody that they're truly coming to a saving knowledge of christ but especially somebody with this platform and these things and it's like huh I'm not saying I agree with the whole Sunday service thing, but maybe there's something there. So what I did, and I was like, come on, if you're going to bring your family to a saving knowledge of Christ, Kanye is the head of his household. Like, there is no one out there besides, like, Lady Gaga and Miley Cyrus that need it more than Kim Kardashian, right? So I went to her site, and I just on Instagram, I don't follow any of these people, but I just looked it up. And I noticed that her profile picture was her, like, actually wearing a shirt that covered her. And I was like, wow, Mm. that's interesting. So I went to her site, and I'm looking through, and I'm like... Okay, clearly you have none of the spiritual fruit here. Like, well, that's I, funny, I don't know. That's what she, that's literally what she just said yeah, to Kanye. Yeah. And she, so in the little video of her to Kanye that we saw the little clip, she's like, just because you're on this journey doesn't mean I have to be. But then I was scrolling through her stuff because then the photos came out that her and her daughters or their kids in general, they have three kids, right? I think there's three. Um, yeah, I think there's three are her and her sister with their kids. I don't see any of the dads, so I don't see Kanye, and then obviously her sister's divorced, but they went to Armenia, which is where they're from, Mm -hmm. and were baptized. And, of course, looking into it, this is what makes me like, uh, her. they're baptized by this... it's the it's known as the Vatican of the Armenian Apostolic Church mm. is what she says. And just looking at the few pictures that are here, it definitely makes me like, I don't know what y'all are getting off into, but I mean, but they're baptizing the baby and, you know, and, and all this stuff or whatever. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't. I see a few things maybe that are like, well, but, and I know she's talked about, I guess, I didn't know this, but I guess her mom founded a church with some famous Hollywood pastor. Who, Kim's mom? Yeah. Like forever ago. Maybe I, and Kim was talking about how she donates 10% of her income every year. So she donates millions to this church. And that's just huh. her, not even the rest of her family. So they literally give multiple millions of dollars wow. to this church every year. Um, you think with that much money, like nobody in California would be homeless, but whatever yeah so i yeah okay so we can break but we can sit here and critique and go around and and say all the things that we want about them um you know and, and try to pull it down i pray and lift it up that it that it is real it is genuine but i don't know i think we should just be cautious at things like this i think we should but we should pray and we should oh, watch absolutely. and we should definitely understand that hey you know what i mean i've I did things every bit as bad as Kanye, so I have sure. no reason to stand up here on some platform and say that I'm better than Kanye. Yeah. To say that Christ can't save Kanye in the same way that he saved me. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no, you know, th- there's there's definitely not that. But I think the the question just comes from is the worldly public platform because it can it can pull us Christians into the world and get us saying, you know what, this is right. This is the right way. This feels yeah. good. Christ can save any, and it gets us 
involved in the cares and affairs of this world. Um, I have a hunch if w- this is genuine, which I do really, really pray, and there's a good hunch in me that it is, but I think more, um, we'll know more too on just what kind of develops more of what's coming out of these sermons. If he continues to push away the media yeah. and the, you know, the focus of this being on Kanye and this church and, you know, if he continues to push that away, which he should, if he's spiritually growing and, yeah. and I mean, this doesn't seem like a, um, this seems like a drastic kind of shift. So it doesn't seem like something that's going to be progressive. So I think. Well, I'm interested to hear. I know he's talking about his music being Christian music now. I'm here. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm to interested see what the to lyrics, hear yeah. what it actually yeah, that's says. That's usually where you're going to be your first lyrics, whatever, you know, TV, movies or anything that they associate themselves mm-hmm. with, too. You know, that's another thing. It's like what. You know, what type of light? Because now you've, unfortunately, you're making these claims and people are saying Pastor Kanye, which is, I mean, that's kind of gross, but. Well, and if you're new in the faith, you have yeah, no you have place no reason, being but, a pastor. Um, you know, through, so now, though, he's put himself on a platform mm-hmm. that um, you have to be careful of. Yeah. It's a serious platform. It's not something that you can mess around with. So now people are going to say, so. Now we as Christians are going to have to look at this even more and yeah. and separate our, if there's anything to be separated from, it's going to need to be, um, you know, laid out there. And because this is, could be, you know, a giant good representation of maybe, um, you know, bringing a bunch of people to Christ or this could just be a big fat sham Yeah, and we all been duped for it, you know, which... I pray it's not and i don't like i said i don't i don't think i don't think it's i don't think that it's he's duping everybody like i think i think this is genuine i just i don't know if it's gonna stick well in knowing how entrenched in but, the system he was knowing that if he is truly trying to get out of it i mean kind he's kind of been the anti No, he has, but just still being so into the industry, like the satanic, like the demonic warfare that he's going through. Yeah, the fame. Yeah, I I mean that's very strong demonic warfare. And then to be married into the stinking Kardashian Kardashian family is like, oh my gosh. His 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 circle of friends, Mm -hmm. the fact that he's extremely wealthy. He's got so many things against him. And they got precious little baby. I guess there's four kids they have now. I don't know, whatever. But uh, those kids, you know, involved with it all on top of it. You know what I mean? It just makes you stop and go like, man. You know, and whenever you see, like, if you ever see, like, the clips that they don't know, he doesn't know he's being he seems like a totally chill awesome dude. Like, and I, you know, I just, I really I really pray for him. Yeah. So I guess that's all we can beat that one to death with <laughs> that dead horse. But um, I guess we should just pray for him, but not be uh, well, because I think the problem then comes in when you see these things and people who are like, oh, but Justin Bieber's a Christian well, and now and Demi Lovato's problem. a Christian and you go into all these things yeah. and it's like, okay, pump just the brakes I, a just little when bit. I think I, pump the brakes. Just when I think that we were done with that subject, that's a perfect example. So, the people that, so then you out. like, oh, well, I can listen to Justin Bieber's music. But I yet, can do this. I can do that because the, it's okay. They're Christian. The next, you know, next. And then he's posting pictures in his jet with his shirt off reading his Bible. Mm-hmm. It, it's that's worthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything that you've done is worthless. Yeah. Just from that, I mean, that just shows that there, there's no humility in that. No. You don't go and celebrate the fact that you're, I mean, number one, you're reading scripture. Okay, cool. Should I do like a picture? Sure. Dear God, I will never do that. But, you know, I don't sit down here and take like selfies of myself reading, you know, or studying every single, like that's just ridiculous. And you don't do that. I mean, that's just, that's not biblical. And that's just a single example of that's just one single example and then him with this carl lentz thing number one that's a completely apostate church Mm -hmm. that he's involved with that doesn't mean that he can't come to christ he can't find christ through it you know in in some way but that's not the right direction that you want to go that's not the church that you want to be throwing out there to everybody and especially when you when you have a pastor who a guy like carl lentz who is I mean, doing shots with Bieber in bars. Yep. Posting these ridiculously, I mean, just, it, dude is, all right, well, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I'm going to get criticized for making Next. fun of Carl Lentz. Oh, that. gosh. Oh, good Lord. But that, I don't care. I mean, that's just ridiculous. 
No, you don't do your own thing. You don't that no, no man of God. Like that is the furthest biblical representation of a man of God that you can get. Like mm-hmm. that's just that's way out there. And somebody actually, um, you know, and I'm gonna blast somebody right now. I don't care because I just got this email. Well, just to tell you guys, I'm not. Sick. I saw it and I haven't I, opened I, it, I, so not, I don't know what it says. I'm not kidding you guys. I tell you guys this all the time. I say that I get nasty messages this one isn't that bad i didn't um, get to read it so read the, i don't yeah I don't no no, no. i'm gonna i'm gonna blast it out but this is what i get from this right uh this i just got an email um i'll keep names out of it which was good because we tell people if you have something to say against us you don't agree sure. with us email something us stands privately. out contact sure. us so this, that's is, another this is a private thing. email and that's but why that's I, another hurtful thing when people just take off and leave even people that you've really been close sure. to and they don't say anything to you and you're like well what happened it's happened a and lot. then they get mad over opinion not sure. biblical truth. not biblical truth yeah right. and this is that's why I, I agree this this person was listened exactly to what our instructions were and emailed me privately but it's still pretty like i said it's not that nasty it's just it's just example time of me even say whenever this yeah. is to just show everybody that every time i say something yeah i get criticized the internet for it. comes out All right i get it too now this one was this one was private so i don't have a problem with it no not at all um, but now you're making it public <laughs> yeah but now i'm making it public so person that sent this email in forgive me thank you for listening I, but i'm not i'm not this this could be anybody in the world. Nobody oh knows yeah, this, this is, is purely example because this happens all the time. Because so whenever you speak, seriously, out against something. Are, he, this guy goes seriously. You are going to create critique another pastor's sermon with a question mark. Um. So this is over the theology refs. Yeah, yeah. So seriously, you're going to critique another pastor's sermon? That question right there. Unfortunately, I, I mean, that that just shows biblical illiteracy. Yeah. And sir, I'm sorry that, that you don't understand. We should all you don't, always be right. critiquing you every sermon. You don't understand the Bible, and that's not my interpretation. Okay? I have plenty of this this whole podcast here, which this person won't listen to this podcast, I don't no. think. But this podcast here um, is me talking about interpretation. Yeah. And about how man doesn't have an interpretation the bible says what the bible says and the bible means what it means Mm -hmm. and the writers mean what they were writing and it's easy to know what they were writing there's some differences here that this is the part two of these podcasts that we come to some you know question to um but there's not there's no. no open interpretation that this is just my guess and stab yeah. at this is what and everybody's just means. kind of fitting for themselves. Okay, trying to... with the exception of the Book of Revelation, there's some, there's definitely some stabs in the dark there, but still, you can put together a general picture of exactly the way that way why this is going down, and you're not completely lost. Yeah, sure, we we don't know everything, but it's not something that we're like, oh gosh, what does this mean? Forget it, put it down. Doesn't belong it. People think that it's non-canical because of that. Yeah. Just because you can't, it, it just explodes your mind. People don't believe that it should be in the Bible. It's ridiculous. Um, but this person is, so, sir, I'm, forgive me, but you're biblically illiterate. And I would be more than happy to walk you through exactly where it tells us that we are to be this way if you want to contact me privately. That this is something we, as believers, we don't walk around with legalistic, sticks and just hit everybody over the head with it but when we have false teachers about there there's countless warnings in the bible about false teachers and we're told to listen to them and we're actually told to stop them yeah like it it stopped them immediately yeah so So that would be standing up in the sermon saying hey hey hey, we need to stop real quick to, to answer your question so yes i am seriously going to critique another pastor's sermon Every Absolutely. pastor that you sure. ever listen to, sure. Guess you will what? do that with. I have an assistant pastor at my home church who can treat who critiques critiques every single one of my sermons and podcasts. Yeah, in a loving way. It's not even you in absolutely a absolutely and, and I appreciate it. Yeah, for it for that. We must be Bereans. Like we absolutely. must do these things to everything. So yes, I have another pastor critiquing my sermons, and I appreciate it because you know why? Because I don't want to be straying off into some biblical land that I don't belong in. And that's what happens say. when you're human. You can make mistakes. Absolutely. You can screw up. Sure. Or you can purposely choose So yes, choose I am. He goes, log and note come to mind, gentlemen. Um, log it and note. I don't know what that means. 
I think you're talking about... Like for you to log down a note? Yeah, I guess. Log a note. Come to mind, gentlemen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Then he put a period after that, though. So, I don't know. Log a note. Come to mind, gentlemen. Why don't you just fearfully worry about your messages of God's word and let God judge men? I do worry about my messages every <laughs> single day. Believe me. You're like, Done. Done. And I, like I just said, I have another, I, I have plenty of people critiquing what I say. And, and the whole I'm internet, not this guy could critique inter- what you say. Yeah, exactly. So, unfortunately, you, you need, and it doesn't need to come from me. Is that all the email says? Yeah, that's it. Well, and that's what's so frustrating. But I emailed back and I just said, unfortunately, that's not biblical. And thanks for your email. Sure. Um, well, the thing I think that stinks about it is, People get their emotions hurt, which we see all the Mm -hmm. time with people close to us and Mm -hmm. just anybody randomly on the internet. You get your emotions hurt, your your feelings hurt because you like this person or you think somebody's just being mean and picking on someone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then you just fly off the handle. It's like you never even listen to the message. The message was, hey, we're going to go through this scripturally and break these things down and point you to scripture to see, do these things hold up under the weight of God's word? Right. So you didn't even listen to it and weigh the thing scripturally and then come back and say, hey, scripturally, he said this, you said that, this is what God's word says. Like, that's not even the response. It's just like, oh, how dare you? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, let's start off, read First and Second Timothy, read Titus. Um, these are all very relative short books that are very easy oh, to understand easy to yeah. and, and super readable. And you will see exactly why we need to be Bereans and to be checking checking people against the scriptures. So obviously, I assume that you're speaking of Stephen Furtick's sermons, which... Because that's the only... I think that's... I mean, him or Durbin. I did one on Durbin. Sort of. I'm guessing the... My bet would be on Furtick. Well, he said gentlemen, so it had to have been me and Travis. Yeah. So it had to have, it had to have been that. So yeah, we not just one. We did we did three podcasts on one sermon. So you might want to check those out. Yeah, because we provide scriptural proof and, and and we speak and break down every single point. Travis has second by second notes for yeah. this sermon. So if anybody they're they're available to anybody on if you want them. Yep. We will send them to you. And we have again. I, I have three pod. We have three podcasts dedicated to this one sermon. Well, and what one. I love too is these are a highly requested one where people yeah. say, "Hey, show us what to look for. Sure. How do we weigh and, these things?" And that's the thing now is people are wanting this. They want to More know. Theology, they say, yeah. "Hey, break this down." I'm not trying. I'm not going and looking for something bad. People are asking, asking, and saying, "Hey, I want to be doctrinally sound. I'm. I want to be careful." So what? can you help me listen help through me this? Listen through I'm this new and, and I'm and trying to decide. I don't these get, things. you know, I don't usually give my, okay, so I do. I'll give my opinion on it, but I'll tell people that that's my opinion. Yeah. I'll say, listen, I don't agree with him on this, but that's, that does not make this teacher a bad teacher. Sure. That just means that I don't agree with him. Yeah. I would recommend, you know, lots of teachers, I, I, you know. I don't. I don't agree with Paul Washer on a whole boatload of things. I don't agree with John Piper on an even bigger. If boatload you agree of with one human being on a, like everything, that's a red flag. You should be like, sure, and that's, wait a this second. Is, this is actually, you man. know what? This is a perfect lead into. How do um, we keep doing that? Look at this. It's like we're professional podcasters, it and is. somehow we this is get back to a our point lead-in sometimes because this this generates from uh, one of you who wrote in a question on that. Um, the comment on here i'm pulling it up right now so okay let's um i guess we're gonna go backwards on it with two because the one of the general questions is one thing that's really disturbing to him is you've got two fully doctrinally sound teachers that disagree on very very serious matters and how, how do you reconcile that sure it's one thing if you've got like a bunch of us nobodies who don't agree on stuff and it's like yeah well you're probably just not very smart sure. so then you get the really smart sure. people and they don't agree it's like well what the heck do we do sure. now so the easiest way to answer this question is to remember that we are all men yeah 
every single one of us is a man. John MacArthur, Jeff Durbin, um, John Piper, all of us are men. And all of us are fallible. And some of us are even wolves. That we Some of us aren't purposely doing it, but some of us are wolves. And then you get... You don't, you're not able to go along being wolf without having this, this, this period where you're going to either continue and go further into apostasy into, or you're like, crap, I've been a wolf and go and turn and go yeah, off the other way. Repent and turn. Right. And usually it doesn't happen to, as it's repent and turn, but still that's how they, that's how they get in is mm-hmm. sometimes they don't know. We don't know. We're not sure. Um, but at the end of the day, we are all men. However, we're men under a, you know, under one book, mm-hmm. and there's nothing that's changeable about this book. Yeah, and there's not one person that knows this. Like, okay, there might be people that are more educated in certain things on the book, and that's where I think a lot of people's hangups is too about really you know, smart theologians where they just, they hold them up to the highest sure. possible platform that you can get just because, you know, they have doctorates and, you know, all the people with the white hair and the glasses. Yeah. And all. Um, it's like, okay, they are just educated on language, interpretation. Sure. Um, you know, just different worldly systems used to be able to interpret a non-worldly book which is great and helpful in it, many it, different it ways but it doesn't make them any less human humans. beings yeah right we are humans and this is but this is how we get this is how we process information and in our in, in our intelligence this is how we get to these you know conclusions so mm-hmm. we accept them but we also realize that this book is the word of God. And we, there, there, what can you do with that? We know in our, we're doing our, first, we're going through First Corinthians every Sunday. We just went over. This world's wisdom is just foolish to God. He's made the world's wisdom just folly to the cross, to, to this book, to everything, right? It, when you look at it, or, or when when people in the from the worldly perspective look at it, it's foolish, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous, and it's stupid. Why would you ever do that? I don't believe in that. No God would do that. That's where you get all your atheist arguments. Yeah, is where they all. You know why? Is because they cannot understand it. They have a hardened heart, and they don't want to understand it. So, anyway, this is a very spiritually led book we see in hebrews that it it discerns the intentions of your heart so it's not that you read the bible it's that it reads you it knows what you're going to it at all that being said there's not one with this being the spiritual book that it is there's not one person that's better at it than the other because god gives everything to each individual person. So when we can't hold up a teacher to think that their opinion, because they're more educated, matters more in biblical interpretation. Because it doesn't. The only opinion that matters is what God's word says. And yes, there's symptom there's systems to understand how we get to the conclusion of what these things say. But we're also humans when we know how to write. It's not this complicated in anything else, right? I would ask you to read something from the, you know, seven whatever, 1700s and, and write it. And it would you would understand it, but it would be kind of like, it's kind of written weird. So there is a, there is a process of, of modernizing some of the text because we don't speak that way. But... All that is is translation from. I mean, we do that with the kids, right? The you you get some classical books for them right. in homeschool, and sometimes it's like, yeah, let's go ahead. We're going to get like an updated one. It makes a little more sense. Otherwise, we're having to like look up in the dictionary every other word because we don't use these words anymore. Same sure. Thing. So, but we have a we have a system and a process to get there to translate from the original message. Yes. And what these were is these were originally a lot of these were letters. Yeah. And we get our theology from these letters, from Paul explaining 
hey, this is what Christ told me. This is new. This is a mystery. This is, hey, check this out. Uh, marrying that along with the Old Testament and the, all that. You can't, it, it is not, it's real easy to get lost. But you always have to go back to just the Bible at the end of the day and not think of anybody else and just pray that the Lord will speak to you and lead you through this. Absolutely. And not look to any man because you'll you'll get caught up in that and mm -hmm. you'll just it messes with your mind it, it does so many times it's done it to me but i i have had to learn i'm like i don't care andy woods um sermons and interpretation of the bible or whoever john MacArthur's are not better than mine he's smarter than i am because he knows more you know, he knows more Greek than I do. He knows more Hebrew than I do. He knows more about first century everything than I do. Yeah. He knows, you know, he knows so much more than I do. But guess what? I know how to read and I can open up my Bible and I can read the letters. And Paul says what he says. Mm -hmm. Now, that's so, so all that to say that don't let it twist you up. It's, it's with that and with the pride of man, and we don't even, we don't attempt to, but with the pride of man, we have, we are prideful of our opinion, and we do think that we are correct. You think John MacArthur thinks he's wrong? No. But he's open to saying, well, I'm wrong. I've seen MacArthur repent of things that he taught or believed earlier in his life, in his career, later on in his life that he did and he, i was dead wrong about that i was dead wrong this is why i was wrong this is why the lord showed me and it matured me to this place but he also knows that he's right about a lot of things in there so there's a lot of pride in there too so i think our human pride will ov automatically get us to to think that there's two different sides to this that my interpretation is better than yours your question about how is this, it, it's becoming ridiculous because mm -hmm. I'll use Durbin again for an example. Like with his eschatology, I mean, it's it would almost, it's, it's almost hard. I would like to have a conversation with him. Not on that. I'm sure, I'd love to debate him, I guess, one day when I'm smarter. <laughs> um, oh. But... Well, he's just, he's had a longer head start, and he's, he's <laughs> a lot better. Um, but, I mean, I would like to talk to him, but I fear the way that he has, the pride that he's taken and the attitude that he's taken would drive us apart as brothers from having a decent conversation just because, yeah, of, the, because of the eschatology that I hold. Yeah. And that's pride. I mean, there's nothing more than pride in that. Do you need, you're not, you're making fun of pre-tribulational Christians and, and Christians that believe in, you know, but you're not just making fun of them. You're you're literally telling them that their opinion is worthless and built on a throne of lies. Yeah. And that's where it's like, that's where this, this so that's concerning. So I would, I would only boil that down to what Paul wrote to Timothy in saying that, look, in these end days, these, these men will be lovers of self, yeah. lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. Does that make them non-Christian or am I saying that? Absolutely not. But it definitely will affect the way that their teaching, their ministry, and their direction goes and uh, versus somebody else. And, I mean, that's probably one of those um, they'll make it, but only as through the fire type, mm -hmm. type things. Where I don't doubt their Christianity, but I definitely doubt the division that they've caused. The you know the the um, you know and, and even causing sheep to to be con, you know confused about this. I saw somebody one time in a Jeff Dirt in one of his sermons. She's like, I literally feel like all of the joy has been drained out of my body because you teach preterism. Yeah. That so I don't I cannot look for the second coming of Christ because it already occurred and this is this world's going to get better. I feel like all of my joy and my hope is drained in Christ because of that's what you said. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. Heartbreaking. That's like, Man, dude, that's hard. you got to really weigh that and pray on that and take that to the Lord. That's you made somebody say that. Yeah. I know I've disappointed people, but I've disappointed them because of biblical truth. And that's fine. Yeah. You disappoint people because they're like, but I love the world and I don't want to give that up. And you're like, well, well show me I'm in the Bible sorry. where it says where we should it. do but that. I'm, this is not, we're talking about, you know, um, 
eschatology. This is not a, it should not be a salvational issue. Yeah. And it, it's almost turning to the point where you're like, hey, you're kind of one of those fake, crazy Christians if you're, if you believe this and, and maybe, you know, you're not as Christian as you think. Yeah. So this is like, this is where we have, you know, where it has, you have to be careful. And I just think that that's, you know, I think that's exactly what Paul is talking about and saying that this stuff will happen. It will occur more towards the end day. So I think don't get frustrated. And when you have two seemingly well-meaning men of God that have two totally different views on something that are like, you know, don't let that just change yeah. what your thought is. You listen, what side we land on, it doesn't matter. We're all on Christ's side. It's some of us um you know I, why some things appeal to uh, others the only thing that i can answer that's not a full answer and i'm certainly not him so i can't answer for him but for in, uh, going back to durbin again um he used to be a premillennialist yeah and then he just he got he self-admittedly got into dating the rapture and got real psyched out in this tinfoil hat premillennialism stuff that goes that's very real and you know left behind and he talks about how he would just be praying to be zapped out of his shoes he says it no fun you know and i'm making fun of matter so he used to be like that but now he's completely on the other side of now he's he's post-millennial um and well it's kind of weird eschatology that he holds because it's almost like this post ah uh, millennial type yeah type it's theology kind of I, it's kind of confusing um it wouldn't be confusing to him for him to explain it because he would i think he would explain it away just as post millennialism but for me it seems some of the things that he says i'm just like okay i don't i don't really know where you stand but okay um but his his post millennialism stuff only came after so he lost faith in waiting for christ and said, okay, well, don't think that's going to pan out. Hey, you know what? The Puritans and all the earlier Christians, you know what? They had this vision of America being this great and us building up this, you know, and this is exactly where his theology went. So he went straight to this, you know what? We're building this kingdom. Yep. This is the kingdom that we're building. Yeah, like he self-admittedly says, like, hey, mine changed because basically I got tired of waiting. So I was like, ah, it must be wrong. I need to go pick yeah, something else. Yeah, that's paraphrasing his own words, of course. But that's that's basically what it gets at. And he said that he found more biblical truth in in preterism. So which would be, um, you know, all these things have already been fulfilled um, within the first century by the destruction of the, the temple, including the second coming. Um the second but not in full stage because the second christ will return one day it's just not anytime soon so i don't want to miss quote on that um so, but it it is a weird kind of view to hold um but those are i hold a very violent view differently from jeff and i get really offended that he makes fun of it so much like that because it's like okay if you don't agree with it that's fine sure give it a good defense at least, at least present all the different versus points. just bashing. And yeah, like... I don't understand why, as pastors, we can't, we, we can't, we can't teach all the different points on what some people believe and some people don't, and still say that this is what we're in with Orthodox Christianity. There's four different views on this. Let's, you know, what is this group views this way, and this is why they believe that this group views this way. This is why they believe, and this group views this way. Honestly, I don't know how one can read the Bible and not come to a premillennial interpretation of it once you finally get, um, you know, a little bit, um, you know, more discerned in Scripture. You're ready for solid food. You're eating the, the solid food and ready to dive into the deep stuff like eschatology and stuff like that. I don't know how one could read it and not come to a premillennial without taking the scriptures that they all use to not come to a premillennial completely out of context. Around, yeah. <laughs> so, but they say the same thing about me. So sure. that's where this has to stay kind of open on that. And like I said, with in the last podcast, I said that, you know, I think one of us has got to be wrong. And, but each of us can't fight to the death to figure out on these, on these issues. Um, 
But there are, for instance, larger issues that seem salvation, um, you know, um, dependent, I guess I would say. And I guess the two of them, one of them that I'll touch a little bit more just is uh, is baptism. Because he, this person mem- uh, mentioned that they, there's two sides that they argue the exact same. And both say the Bible is clear about baptism. You know, baptism. One group says it's not being a requirement. One group saying that it is. Sure. Okay. I don't really. Let's just keep a couple things in mind on this baptism issue. Jesus' death alone paid for our sins. Yes. Romans five eight, Second Corinthians five twenty one. Okay. End of story. End of Done. story. Jesus' payment for sins is appropriated to our account by faith alone that everybody knows john three sixteen, ephesians 2 8 and 9 and acts acts sixteen thirty one. so with those two things in mind his death alone paid for our sins and faith it's salvation through faith in Christ, not in baptism. You must be baptized. But that's where this group, it's an odd, I mean, to answer the question, it's an out of context argument. Yeah. It absolutely 100% is an out of context argument. There is not a, I have a strong feeling about baptism, this argument. If you don't agree, cool story. That's not, that's not what this podcast or this ministry teaches. Um, nor will it because we don't find it scripturally because it is not this is you say that yeah you know he's asking me this very question i'm saying no this is a hundred percent clear because it is because we're talking about something that christ's death already paid for and it's you're saying that you need a work in order to make this his his atonement apply to you so all of a sudden i have to work okay and and why do we think this too our apostle to the Gentiles, Paul. Okay, what does he say in 1 Corinthians 1.14? He says, I'm thankful that I did not baptize any of you. Now, this is this is out of context that I'm saying this first. Yes. To make a point, though. Okay. Because, as again, we were going over in our home church, the Corinthians were getting all uppity and prideful on who was baptizing them, thinking that they were special because they were baptized by certain teachers. Okay, so Paul's basically telling them, no, you're not special or whatever. And then he's talking about, then he goes into to talking in the point about not being necessary. Basically, he says, well, not, not, he doesn't make this point here, but we can see where he's going with saying, like, where we could fit in that, yeah, you wouldn't say that it is absolutely necessary if he says this. Because he said he does. He says, "I'm thankful that I did not baptize any of you except for Crispus and Gaius." Okay, if if baptism was necessary for salvation, for salvation, you would never hear Paul say that I'm thankful that I didn't, that I didn't have to do. If it that. was necessary for salvation. He'd be dunking everybody. He would be dunking every every single person. Like that he, he sprinkled people to. as he walked by or something. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all it took. That. Okay, and then later on in verse seventeen. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So Christ didn't, if baptism was necessary for salvation, Paul would have never said, Christ did not send me to baptize. Well, and he would have never said this. Yeah, like if Paul is who Christ revealed himself to and put to literally bring the Gentiles to a knowledge of him, if and this is just one reason that scripture shows that baptism is not required well, for salvation. But you would think if it was, and this was like the one thing you had right. to do, that Jesus would have been like, Paul, go baptize, baptize everybody. everybody. This is right. serious. Okay, but I think what it is, baptism is and always will be, is a symbol of what has already occurred in the heart. Yes. Just like anything else, just like the foot washing that just like, I mean, this is where you have to understand the Old Testament too to understand the symbolization of a lot of these things. 
This is where we forget that Jesus was a Jew and he did Jewish things and they had Jewish traditions and customs. Okay, a thing like baptism, this was extremely symbolic. Extremely. 1 Peter 3.21 makes it clear that the act of baptism is symbolic. Complete, it, it's completely clear. It's a, it's a ordinance given to us from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and we only have two of them. Is it a big deal? Yes. It's a symbol of what has already occurred in the heart, and we can outwardly show this to God. But it was way more important for the Jews and for the first century Christians to be baptized, to be able to show this outward expression for Christ because of everything that they were dealing with. This is cult. This is where it goes cultural. Is this because they didn't have the post this now to show people that you love Probably. Jesus? Probably. Right? This like, is before that. Because now, if you right, don't, that's like, what we do. Right. If you don't share this to five people, you don't love Jesus. You don't Jesus. love Jesus. Right. Yeah. They didn't have this that was, then. They didn't have that then. So you did this instead. So, no. It's a, it's a great idea. But if we think, you know what's weird is I've never heard anybody say that you must you must take communion for salvation, except for the Catholics, I guess. Well, you don't even get started on that topic. But I've I mean, never, I'm sure there's got to be somebody out there that, some says that, that says that, but... But it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Only How these people... Only like, people, people the abuse the crap out of that. They yeah. go and they just eat the cracker and drink, drink the grape juice. That's what you do, you, and you you have no idea. It what, was wine and bread, right. people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a soda. It's a soda cracker and Welch's. Yeah, and what you do, you go and you take it, and you go, oh yeah, Jesus body, yep, blood, drink, and then that's it. Okay, but you don't go through. Okay, so if we're gonna play that game, then you have to go through. This is a whole Jewish feast. Like, okay, we're talking about a whole Jewish feast. But he says, as often as you eat, do this in remembrance of me. So you would have to go through this whole process and then say, oh, if you don't do that, you're not saved. Mm-hmm. So, But no, there are two ordinances given to us from Christ. And should we do them? Yes, absolutely. Like I said, baptism is, is one of the greatest things, one of the greatest gifts that we have. It's a gift. And we should look at it as a gift. But it's... It's not a gift that's required. Like I don't I don't have to take it with me. And the thing is though is the gift was always this is always symbolic. It's always this whole baptism thing was about you changing your old life is buried in death with Christ and you're risen to a new life in a new way. That's why this is why we complicate salvation because they're like, oh my God, what do I have to do for forgiveness of these sins? I mean, go and sin no more. Not, hold on a minute, go get baptized and then go take communion right away. Like she probably wanted to do those things after that. But he never said that this was a requirement to do that. Well, because then you do, you get people that are like, I'm believing this stuff. I'm reading my Bible, but I haven't been baptized. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do communion, you know, and you're always like stumped with those. Cause it's like, number one, baptism is awesome. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely. You should, if you can, is it required? No. Like if you are driving on the road on the way to your baptism, you get in a car accident and die. God isn't going to yeah. be like, ah, snap. Uh, if there. you would have made it or well, it's the thought that counts. You were almost there. So we'll give you a green light, but you're going to be like a notch below everyone else. Like that's not how it works. Like play these things out. Same thing with communion. People are like, well, how do you do communion? There's no like just because somebody didn't pass you a tray with a little cracker to grab and you're not drinking out of a little plastic, you know, stackable cup. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that your communion is invalid it doesn't work like so that belief of salvation or baptism being necessary for salvation is an extreme view regardless of how many books how many things it doesn't matter that doesn't change just because somebody has written a book and and has done smarter things than any of us can think of or combine that still doesn't change what the bible says and usually people will tell you to read a book to try to get you to change your thought process before you go to scripture. And then you read scripture and then you're like, ah, okay, well, I see it now. It's No. 
But that's only because you've been you conditioned yourself to to think that this is what you're looking for. So you can get yourself tripped up like that. But no, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's absolutely. I don't. Yes, I acknowledge that there's been men that were smarter than I ever will know how to be that have <laughs> debated this since the beginning of well, probably the first century. All the time. The church. This has been a debate, but it's not. I mean, I provided. I provided my my references for why that it's not, and there's more. I have more, but come to your own conclusion and read it in common sense. That no, that makes no sense. Just from just like what you said, why would I literally have to do a whole act of this this whole act publicly? Mm-hmm. Just in order to make Jesus know that I love him. Like, yeah. this that, that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't go with, along with anything that he said. Sure, there are verses that appear that you may, but again, we're, not, we're talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit. Okay, but then we're told in, in, in Paul says in Romans, we're talking about if the Spirit of God is in you. Assess yourself. Make sure that you really are a believer. You may believe that Jesus Christ exists. Sure. That's well, easy to do. That's easy. And the demons, you know. Mm-hmm. The demons believe in Shudder. But to actually give up your life for him and to live for him. That's is where we get a, a little. whole different ballgame. Yeah. And that's what's really required. Giving up yourself is required. Nobody wants. We don't. Because we turn them into works. But there's certain things that are required that happens in a believer that that yeah. indicate a true believer. When I say requirement, it's indication of a true believer. So it's not my requirement. It just shows you an indication that these things have occurred in this person's life. Yeah. Because these things, though, fruit. are requirements that the Lord expects to happen. So... You know, it's not open. It's really not. And people and and we don't look at any man's opinion to tell us the answer to that. We look towards scripture. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I know this person too um, has a concern about not being completely doctrinally sound and going out and preaching the gospel to people. Well, don't worry about it, man. Like, there's there's issues that will... Uh, listen, I feel like that a lot. I do. Because um, I don't know everything. And there's plenty of people that know a lot more than I do. And sometimes I feel unqualified. I do. I really... And, but then I sit back and I think and I go, you know what? No. I know what God's Word says. I know what God's... I know what this says. And the Lord confirms, I know what this says. So it's not, we can't get ourselves lost. It's a big book and we're always learning. Mm-hmm. And not any of us will come to a full, complete, you know, knowledge. Nothing more to be learned off of this book. That's impossible. Yeah, there's anybody so who's many. walking around saying they have all of it figured out and there's like no questions and no anything, like you're a liar. Yeah. Or a false teacher. Both. Yeah, because we're always learning. So don't. But not these core issues. We learn these core issues from infancy. And we grow up into solid food. But we always must remember the roots of of everything. And remember that this all goes back to Scripture, not to mm-hmm. anybody else. So don't worry that there's people that have different opinions on something. When we engage that as teachers, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. It's one of these things that different people have an opinion on. Baptism is not one of those things. But there's, like I said, there's there's some end times things. There's some, you know, different Jesus parables that, that we're like, you know. None of those change the course of theology, though. The course yeah. of what we're teaching. All those are just more more questions on. Well, there's a certain box of orthodoxy, which I think we should do a podcast on just the points of biblical orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. It's like there's that there. And then we can have difference of, I think that these events that are within this box of orthodoxy will go down in this order. 
And then you say, nah, I think it'll more, those same points, we're not changing the points, but I think it'll go in this order, right? Like what's the alphabetical order of events that are happening? Like, I think there's one thing to have a difference of like, eh, I think it's more like this. And somebody else go, eh, I don't know, I see it more like this. Like we both agree and we're both saying these points are the points and there is nothing else because scripture is sufficient for everything and that's where we go to for everything, but. Well, and that's why, DJ, this is like why this is hard too for anybody that's a premillennialist. Yeah. Because it it really is because we don't know the timing, obviously, of these things. But sure. For a premillennialism, a premillennialist. That's right. The state of Israel is important. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that it exists is important. is very important. Um. So, we. Because that's one of the things that we look and, and we keep our, our viewpoint in is that the fact that we know that, okay, Israel exists. This means that these Old Testament prophecies about the Lord regathering Israel and still having a full plan for Israel. Exactly. They wouldn't exist and flourish like they do and had all the stories in 1948 and all this stuff if they did, if God did not have a purpose for them. This doesn't really do any good for us for dating, as we, can, we have seen, but... Because we don't know exactly when. It could be another long period of time. But we don't think that we have a lot of time. And there's a lot of things going on in the directions of telling us, oh man, this is, looks seems to be like an ace in the hole for premillennialism the way that the world is unfolding right now. Sure. Like, oh man, this is probably the right viewpoint. But at the same time, things look we, have, favorable. we have different viewpoints on that. Like I said earlier, preterism where they believe that all prophecy and everything is fulfilled yeah well that would leave us here in this earth in this world right now this would leave this as our mission field to change so change the way the course of you know our kids are taught in school you know mm-hmm. all this other thing is to because what christ told us to do then in this case is a lot bigger than what we should be doing or what we are doing yeah. as far as as premillennialists because we're working more towards salvation of you know people rather than building a comfortable kingdom here on this world yep so those are two very different ideas to preach to somebody um each one has their biblical basis for why they believe what they believe but that's why i said at the beginning nothing like that should split us in christ no nothing like that Nothing should cause us to question these things. Christ's death on the cross. You know, the the fact that this was the payment for sins. We have eternal life. We have the Spirit. And one day, eventually, Christ will come and return. To, this, to uh, you know, become, he's already king. But to take another form of the throne. So... That's where we both should go at the end of the day if we can't agree outside of that. Anything outside of that is not is not doctrinally sound. Yeah. So even somebody that appears doctrinally sound, you know, and and is doctrinally sound in in most ways, if they're dividing and splitting over that over something that yeah, that's not that's... that's not doctrinally sound. It's not. So. And it stinks because sometimes you're like, but they're so spot on with all of these other things. And it's like, yes, that's great. But. Yeah. I mean. Not with this. There's, to me, there's some laughable reasons why preterism doesn't work. I think there's a lot of them that I just chuckle at. Um, like, but, but how at the does same time, this work? Well, but at the same time, there's a lot put together very well in it. Sure. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. It's hard. I mean, if. But also is doing a pre seventy writing of Revelation, so that's also you're gonna get everybody else. confused now. The dating on Revelation is what indicates that actually what gives fuel to the whole preterism view. Period is that if the Revelation was completed all within the first century, mm-hmm. with the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D., if it was written before that, yep. If it was written after that period, we're talking about a period again of a temple, uh, all these Jewish things. So it looks like premillennialism if we're not talking about that. 
because we get it gets very Jewish in that. So um, that that's kind of where that split is. But that's um, neither. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I don't see that, and I see so many biblical examples against that. But I respect the fact there's people that don't and have good arguments against it. I can't change their mind. I will see them in eternity one day. Yeah. That's where my concern is. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about that personally. Too many things. Um, you can. You don't want to choose sides. So you can discern these things. You can understand these things. Just let it go to what your heart obviously is leading you to. Um, I know the, the, Holy I know the person that it. commented is, is well sound enough to understand that you don't need to be getting lost in your own head and your own thoughts Mm -hmm. and in the world and not get straight too far from scripture. Um, because the Lord is in charge of this. And like I said, yeah, there'll, there'll be people that twist it. There'll be people that think that their interpretation is right and they will swear up and down. It's right. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they change or they don't believe that way anymore. So we just wait on people. Um, don't be afraid of going out and preaching preaching to people. The only thing that I would I would be careful of is antagonistic things against the world, especially to atheists and different things like that, mm-hmm. because you have to remember that they don't understand what we're coming at them. And this book is you might as well give them like a Pee Wee Herman's coloring book. Okay, because it means as much to them if you try to give them a Bible and talk to them about God. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, I have yeah, no idea. They're like, I am built to this. They don't say that, but that's no. What's but happening. then you know, or people get angry and and they just because the first thing that they'll want to do is try to disprove. Oh, the Bible's stupid. Mm-hmm. Bible's you can't prove it. This is you know, I don't believe in a God. And they'll bring up some obscure Old Testament verse about killing babies, <laughs> and they're like, see, see I couldn't awful. believe in a God. That did that. I'm like, it wasn't even God that did that. No, <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't. You, know, you understand? This was not. This was a horrible. Anyway, um, just be careful with them more. Um, I think most of your engagement is going to be in people that are, are looking for something. You know, homeless people, people on the street, people that are hurt by the system. I mean, hurt by the church. Yeah. I read Ezekiel 34 a couple podcasts ago. And scare the crap out of me. Not lying. I mean, it hit hard. He's talking about the shepherds of Israel saying that the sheep have been scattered by false teachers and these teachers that are leading them in the wrong directions. And there's no one to lead his sheep. Like, whoo. That hits you pretty hard. I don't want to be that guy. I want I'm not me, Lord. <laughs> I I wanna I wanna go I wanna go out and find your sheep. Where are your lost sheep? A lot of times, people heap hurt by the by the church, by by people from the church, people claiming they're Christians, different things like this. They walk away. Somebody that's open to it, you know. We don't need to go. We don't need to go preach the gospel where it doesn't belong, because that's where. And not that the gospel doesn't belong anywhere, but there are certain places that it comes to us that we by living our lives. It comes to us as opposed to us being going in and being antagonistic and trying to tear tear down a a wall, a veil that only God can yeah, change. We want to have that power to tear we it down. We don't have this power to take this veil away. Um so that and, and it's only removed by prayer. Mm-hmm. The only way that um that you can remove is by prayer and that God will unharden their heart. That's the only way. So we have to remember that. We have to remember that this is an enemy that we cannot fight. We, you know, we have this urge to go out and preach the gospel to everybody, the people that don't know Jesus and make them know Jesus. But this, this, that fight, that's much bigger than we are. We pray we share and we it go and, and we share it as and we an live example. It. Right. But we understand that not everybody's going to accept it. And not everybody will. And we can't control that. Right. And somebody will think that you're a joke. So 
Um, yeah, just don't stop. Be careful of your audience, I guess, or who your demographic and where you're going. I mean, the engagement on the street is amazing. I'm having that type of... Um, the Lord did not send me to preach on the street. <laughs> that's not that's not me. He sent me for many different areas, but for people that did, I respect them because that's a very very hard job to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely didn't send me for it, but um, you know, this person has a, a talent for it. So this person has it. Go use it. I know even this person doesn't like it, <laughs> you know, because the guy it's it's gut wrenching. But just going and talking to people about Christ and love of Christ and and sharing it and then inviting them to, you know, to church, to lunch, whatever it may be. I don't know. It sounds like this person needs to maybe just bite the bullet and start up their own church, too. <laughs> I think I think that might be something that um, he may need to do because I know he's got a heart for it. I know he's kind of confused, but. Maybe that's maybe that's something that you need to take to the Lord. Maybe that you maybe now's time that you you can you can do something in your community in wherever you live, um, and you can do it. So I know it's been I know for a fact it's kind of maybe been thrown around a little bit, but maybe now's time. You know I don't know. Of course it 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 God's timing is never our timing. So you're like, oh, I couldn't do that now because my job, my kid, my. Yeah, yeah, it's never a good Yeah, time. it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. In our <laughs> experience, yeah, anyways. Yeah. He's I mean, always I like, hey, does out. this seem like the most inconvenient time? Yep. Done. There you go. But it's not. It's the most perfect time. It's just... Oh, we just you know, don't see it yeah. at first. And then, But then look at your inconveniences. Yeah. You're like, I got this happening. I got this happening. Yeah, yeah. But, but then what if I didn't? <laughs> you know, like... And that's what God is saying. That's what he's waiting, waiting on you for. Yeah. So... This one went really long. I think I covered everything in the comment. Um, oh my gosh, this meme I just saw that just came through. <laughs> I'm dying. Stopped. It's got Joaquin Phoenix. Have you seen the yes. one? Yes. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Him from Walk the Line and him from Joker. <laughs> just two tokes from the pot. Still think the marijuana bongs are harmless. Whew. On that note, <laughs> I that came just came through, and I was just laughing. Way to go, bringing the world up. We're gonna hear about that. That's funny. That's <laughs> uh, still pretty funny. Do you answer all the questions? That's okay. What are the odds of anybody listening to us for an hour and seven minutes? Anyway, pretty good, actually. So <laughs> I sorry, know, we used to say that. Up now it's worldly, like a worldly well, reference, but. Um, all right, thanks for sticking around for this long for everybody. I'm more than willing again to do a part three. Um, yeah, anybody has any disagree with me and want to say mean things at me, please email me privately. APHomeChurch at gmail.com. Say hey. Yep. For real, though, like prayer requests, counsel, like serious things, not just being like on the internet and you want to be mean to everyone. Um, if you see something we've done wrong, of course, point it out. But if there's anything we can do for you, for real, right. reach out. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So good rest of your night, everybody, because this will come out tonight. Oh, okay. It will. Yep. Bye. Bye.